if God loves us, why do we suffer? We come up with very committed people who have also suffered in the scripture. We even look at the Son of God, who was a perfect being. Across the world today, millions of Christians are persecuted. They face oppression, imprisonment, displacement, and even death, simply because of their faith in Jesus Christ. These courageous believers are our brothers and sisters. We are in this together with them and we need to hear their voice. Join host Kenneth as we discover their stories today on Release International's Voice podcast. For the past two decades, Christians in northern and central Nigeria have endured horrendous violent persecution. Thousands have been killed and many more forced to flee in the face of Islamist extremist attacks. This month, Release International has launched a three-month campaign called Out of These Ashes to focus attention on the situation in Nigeria and to call Christians to committed prayer. In this edition of Release International's Voice podcast, we speak to Mark Lipdo, a Release International partner in Nigeria, about one particular response to the suffering of Christians in that country. Hello, Mark, and welcome to Release International's Voice podcast. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you with us. You head up Stephanos Foundation, which for the past two decades has been seeking to support Christians in Nigeria who suffer violent persecution for their faith. In this podcast, I want us to focus on one particular aspect of Stephanos Foundation's work, and that is the trauma healing workshops that you run. Uh, Release International supports these, and we've often referred to them in the past when we've reported on the situation in Nigeria. So, Mark, let's go back to the beginning. When, When did you first start running these workshops? And even before that, what was it that prompted you to launch this initiative? The initiative on Stephanus Foundation was actually um, we we thought of Christians having the right response. As Christians, we are motivated by love and we cannot hate. And so it becomes very difficult to have Christians think about either killing in defense or doing some very, very gruesome things. Uh, to prove their point. And so we were seeking right response and we found the right person in the faith that responded well. And that was Stephen. So we thought, is there any way we can model the life of Stephen and his response to his persecutors? And this is why we started Stephanus. The devil intends to get Christians wipe away their faith. So we see the effect of persecution on Christians. First, physically, we are attacked and our everything that we own are taken away. But then we see, secondly, the impact and effect on our emotions and on our psychological uh, life is a challenge as well. We have watched people struggle with where is God when this was happening, especially those who have been devoted Christians. 
they got to the point where they find it difficult to continue the faith. So it calls for a strategic approach in helping people go through this struggle. And that is how we came up with the idea of a counseling uh, initiative that will help, help Christians in Nigeria especially. That's great to hear. And I know I've seen the material. It, it has a strong biblical component to it. Can you say a bit more about that, about how you use the Bible in those uh, trauma healing workshops? Yes, we've seen Christians struggle with where is God? When I was attacked, where was God? When um, my wife was killed, where was God? When our state was attacked, but where was he? And so this biblical framework uh, pushes us into looking at if God loves us, why do we suffer? And we come up with very committed people who have also suffered in the scripture. And we even look at the son of God, who was a perfect being. And if God could have risen to defense, that would have been a perfect example. He would have risen to defend Christ. So perhaps these are some of the things that God wanted Christians to see with the persecution that was coming. So taking them through that biblical framework help them to understand. And then secondly, the understanding of the trauma that people go through uh, was necessary because we're a society where you are trained to believe that if you don't attend to your emotional issues, then you are strong. And so most Africans believe that they should leave, that psychological issues unattended. And we see that also affecting, you know, the whole faith. And so we had to help people to go through awareness of what grief does to you when you are grieving. And uh, we look at uh, where in Thessalonians, um, Christians are called upon to not grieve like the people of the world because we believe that God is there. So, so just building on that, can you uh, describe for us, perhaps paint a picture, if you like, for our, our listeners of what happens at a typical trauma healing workshop? You, first of all, mobilize those in need of the trauma healing and you group them. You, you mobilize about 30 or 40 or 45 at most you now divide them into groups of five or groups of seven at most so that it can be interactive. And then you have facilitators who are already trained on how to take people through this manual. Uh, they now lead them into lesson by lesson. And the facilitator takes them into small group discussion uh, large group discussion, kind of interactive learning, and then they come up with answers that God uses that to speak to their heart and it addresses their heart questions. So we've seen that, apart from the fact that those, that lesson also gives people uh, the comfort of understanding what is happening to them, it also brings people of the same 
experience together so that they learn that, oh, I'm not alone in it after all. My brother is also, uh, has also gone through. And then they share that experience together and they are given opportunity to pray for one another. So the facilitators who are trained already, take them through this experience for about a week so that at the end of the day, they become, you know, friends with one another and they develop that relationship that will last, become a support group for them for a very long time. That's great to hear. So presumably all of these these people are people that you invite onto the course. You know, they're people who've been through some form of suffering, uh, of persecution. So in a nutshell, Mark, what, what would you say that you were aiming to achieve in these trauma healing workshops? What, what do you hope to be the, the end result that people take away with them, having spent a week with you working through this material? Yeah, we aim at eventually leading people to Christ, to understanding that there is nothing they can do about their trauma, but they should learn to take it to the cross. Take it to the cross. We have a symbolic um, lesson of a symbolic session that enable all the uh, clients or the, the victims to learn to now write down all those things that they cannot um, let go and then symbolically nail it to the cross. And afterwards, those things are taken and are burnt, giving them the opportunity to see that, oh, I've given it to Christ, so that whenever they are bothered by it, it, they will have that mental remembrance that they've given it out to Christ. So that is a way of leading people who are in that kind of situation to Christ. And eventually we are hoping that they will get some healing. You know, we also take them through processes, you know, stages that you go through when you are traumatized. First is denial and anger. Something has happened to me and I can't, I can't believe that it has happened. I don't believe, you know, that this has happened. My wife has died. No, no, she has not died. So that denial is a stage. And that moves after a long while when you are facing the reality. We are expecting that such a one grows to a certain level again. And that stage in psychosocial problem is a, a, pro, a, a stage of hopelessness where the person feels hopeless. This is a reality. I need to battle with the, the truth of it. But then it becomes hopeless. I can't see my wife anymore. And so uh, I need to live with it. But how can I live with my wife? It's hope, hopeless. So we call it a stage of hopelessness. At that point, there are things that happen to a victim before finally, if the person is helped, then they go into the third stage, and that is a stage of new beginning. So we help victims understand that from the time something happens to you, God intends your life to take a different change, a different direction. And it may look like is something that is harmful, but at the end of the day, that change means well for you. God expects you to have a new beginning. 
So once victims reach the new beginning, that is the healing God wanted. And they focus God for the new beginning and God directs them to what he really wanted them to have. I guess one of the most challenging things for Christians who, who suffer persecution um, is to be able to forgive those who've, as you say, perhaps killed a wife or, or inflicted damage upon a community and so on. Is that part of the, the component? Do you, do you lead people to the, to the challenge of being able to forgive their persecutors? Forgiveness is lesson nine, is the most difficult one where we see many, many victims have struggled with that. In fact, to the point of being very angry and some walk out of the, the lessons. But how do you get someone who has watched a terrorist come to his compound, not because they offended him and they catch his son who is helpless. As a father, you're supposed to protect that son and you watch them cut into pieces. How do you forgive that? A clear example is there is a practical one that we do. For instance, we make them, um, you know, two people come together and you, you carry one another. And if you are lifting somebody, we ask them to do, try to do normal thing with carrying somebody. They say they can't do it. They say that is it. If unforgiveness means you are taking this person with you for life. Is it possible? And so you help people see that when God says you should forgive, it is a favor to yourself, not to the offender. And that's a big lesson. You know, the lie of the devil is to make you think that you are asked to let the offender go free. No. But the forgiving that God wants the Christian to learn is to understand that it does you good. Now, forgiveness means give it to me. I know how to handle it. You know, and so we help Christians to come to terms with that. Can you trust God with your pain and give it to him? He knows how best to handle it. And that's where we lead them to all things, not some things. All things work together for the good of them who know God and are called according to the purpose of God. So if we are called by God to serve him, even the hatred, even the killing that comes can work together for our good if we let God do it. We're speaking to Mark Lipto of the Stephanos Foundation, a partner of Release International. We've heard him explain the trauma healing workshops his organisation runs, their biblical basis and what they try to achieve. Continue listening now as Mark goes on to talk about what has pleased him most about those workshops over the years, and as he shares some powerful testimonies of the positive impact those workshops have had on Christians who've suffered persecution. As, as you look back, what, what has pleased you most about running these workshops over the years? Yeah, when we look back, we see how many people have been helped since we started in 2004. Uh, we've seen how God has helped us even to develop the manual. We've grown. It has become an international thing now. And trauma has been seen by 
the United Bible Society as the most um, uh, evangelistic um, ground of the world today because everybody is traumatized in one way or the other. But going through this manual with the victims of persecution in Nigeria and coming up with a successful way of getting them healed, it has opened more door for the church now to see that if you approach people through trauma healing, uh, you can get them win one to Christ easily. And so people are excited. Most healed Christians have become, you know, resilient and they have returned back to their communities. Now, the reason is that we need to get these people go back to continue to be the light. Because the Bible says we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. If there is no light, then darkness takes over the whole place. And if you don't encourage this small spark of Christians to go back there, then it is going to be doubly difficult for you to evangelize people in those areas that Christians have been taken out of. So what encouraged me is the boldness that Christians have now to go back and how much Muslims, touched by what they have done, many of them are coming back to Christ. I have a young man who was chopped off by knife, you know, a machete all over his body. And when I said, why do you have to go back to your state? He says, leave me alone. I bear on me the mark of the suffering of Christ. And I know that God allowed me that privilege so that I win many of my offenders back to faith. When they see me alive, they can get amazed at the kind of God I believe. Because when they did that, they did the worst for me so that I can die. But that I'm alive today is a testimony that none of you here can understand. But those Muslims will get to understand that I have a living God. Today, he's living among the Muslims in Yobe State. And this is what we see as the outcome of what we're doing. That was an amazing uh, example you just shared there. And I was going to ask you, do you have one or two stories, one or two examples of, of where you've seen people uh, transformed through the course of, of the, the week that you spend with them? Perhaps one or two examples that stay with you of... Uh, of people in whom you've seen God do a great work during the, the course of these workshops? Can you, can you think of one or two more examples? Yes, I know um, there was a widow that was attacked. I mean, her husband was attacked and killed. She was hopeless. And for, for years, she couldn't forgive. When we first held that trauma healing in Bauchi. She was one of those that attended. And she came to me and said she never imagined that there can be something that will help her out of her, her misery. Eventually, she was trained on trauma healing uh, workshop. She was trained to be a facilitator. And she became a healer of many who are traumatized. And we take her from one uh, 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 trauma healing workshop to another. And that is one amazing, you see, when people experience things, it is so that they can become best teachers to those who are going through it. When someone comes to me and say, 
I understand what you're going through. I first of all ask him, have you gone through it? If you've not gone through it, you can't understand what I'm going through. So the best facilitators that we've ever gotten are people like that lady who is helping many people today, facilitating many widows on how they can get healed. So these are some of the examples that I can have and pass to you. The other ones are women who have seen their daughters taken away uh, by uh, Boko Haram from the Northeast. The, the, the Chibok girls that were kidnapped in their hundreds. You know, we called all the parents to a trauma healing workshop. Those who, found, who have found their children were going through a different kind of trauma. And those who are yet to find their children were also going through different types of trauma. I remember that a husband and wife said, since the day we lost our daughter to the terrorists, we've never seen eye to eye with each other. We've separated our bedroom. We never stay together. But it was at the trauma healing workshop that they first slept on the same bed with each other. And there are so many people struggling with that kind of trauma that except you give them this opportunity with this kind of trauma healing workshop, you will never get to understand that it's doing more harm to the church than we can ever imagine. Mark, it's been great to hear about these trauma healing workshops in a bit more detail and to hear about your vision for them, how you first um, set them up. As I said, at Release International, we've frequently referred to these workshops over the years when we've been reporting on the persecution of Christians in Nigeria. So finally, how would you like Christians in the UK to be praying for the work that you do through these workshops? First of all, we'd like to thank Release International for trusting on the outcome that we have seen in Trauma Healing Workshop and for supporting us continuously uh, on this. It's a very expensive uh, approach, but we've kept faith with it. We've done it not only in the Northeast, we've also done it to victims of uh, Fulani attack in the Middle Belt. And now, we have gone beyond, we've gone into the southern part of the country. We're doing trauma healing in a Boeing, which is uh, southeastern part of Nigeria. And we have also taken it to uh, Ibadan, which is southwestern. So it's our target to cover the whole of the nation. And without your support, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be able to go that far. And so we say, keep praying with us, even our, 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 our staff. You know, trauma has what we call secondary effect. This is the primary victim, but as you listen to a primary patient, you yourself can become a victim of the trauma. So we need you to continue to pray for our facilitators who have given into this practice and are standing with people. It's not easy to carry somebody's trauma in yourself. You can easily be a victim. So this is the reason why we will want people to continue to pray for us. And then pray that we get more, um, you know, finances to continue to do so. Because every uh, session that you have can only take about at most 40, 45 people. 
So we're trying to find a way of putting it on uh, MP3, MP4, uh, you know, facilities that we can give for free. And that can go a long way meeting people at need, I mean, at their point of their need. So it's, it takes a lot of finances for us to get there. So keep praying for us as we strategize as well. Thanks, Mark. Well, I'm sure our supporters will uh, continue to be praying for those workshops, for their effectiveness, that God will use them to transform the lives of his suffering people. So, Mark, Mark Lipto, many thanks again for taking the time to talk to Release International's Voice podcast. Thank you very much. And my regards to all the supporters at Release International. The Apostle Paul wrote, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. You can find out more about how to get involved in our three-month focus on Nigeria by going to the dedicated page on our website, releaseinternational.org forward slash Nigeria. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of The Voice podcast. Please do subscribe through your favourite podcast app so you can stay connected to The Voice of Persecuted Christians. We'd love to hear your feedback on the podcast too, so please do share your comments with us. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn and YouTube. And if you don't already receive our free quarterly magazine or prayer alert emails, then you can subscribe on our website at releaseinternational.org forward slash podcast. Remember those who are in prison as if you were in there together with them, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Do not abandon them.